Sparkling, the Disney creator. Just make Never a W my friends, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 200 for the week of December 12th, 2010. This week, we'll celebrate the 200th episode of WDW Radio with a roundtable retrospective on the past 200 shows, including some of our favorite segments, interviews, and more. I'll also share some audio from last week's Meet of the Month in Walt Disney World, including some listener factor fiction, and follow that up with a montage of clips from some memorable guests and segments. I'll also play many of the voicemails and messages you recorded or called into the show. Most of all, I want to thank you for listening to the show, whether this is your first episode or your 200th, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. We used to welcome you to the very first episode of the WDW Radio Show. I want to tell you a little bit about what I have planned and what you can expect on future shows. First, let me tell you that the website for the new show can be found at wdwradio.com. There you're going to find show notes, links, a directory of past shows, when I get them up, the ability to listen to the show right from your web browser without having to download first, and links to the discussion forums at disneyworldtrivia.com where you can log on, interact, and talk about the show. This podcast is going to focus primarily on Walt Disney World and feature some of the topics that I talk about. I have to admit that I can't believe that we've hit 200 episodes of WDW Radio. And when I started the show back on February 11th, 2007, that first short, admittedly horrible episode of the show, I never realized that I'd still be doing this 200 shows later. But thankfully, many of you followed me uh, to the show and many more of you have found the show along the way. And now, 200 weeks and more than 200 shows later, including live shows and videos and everything else, I'm really privileged to be able to share this milestone with you. And like show 100, uh, show 200 kind of snuck up on me, and I once again wondered how to mark this point on the show. So, in addition to airing audio that we took from the 200th show meet over at Ariel's in Walt Disney World last weekend, as well as some clips from segments along the way, I wanted to also talk with some listeners and some friends and guests about what they thought about the first 200 shows. So I'm welcoming back to the show in no particular order. Glenn, where are we eating before we visit the prettygoodmovieride.com, Whalen? <laughs> Wonderful to be here, Lou, on your 200th. Mr. Scott, I'll always be known as the guy who hates cheese, Otis. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm, I'm honored to be here, Lou. 
Mr. Tony, I'm dying for another mancation. Give me an excuse to come down to Walt Disney World, Mendike. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me, Lou. And also from the frigid Northeast, Valerie, my husband was still hungry after eating a kitchen sink all by himself, Drew. <laughs> Hi, Lou. Congratulations. Guys, thanks so much. And girls, girl. Um, thank you so much again for, for joining me this week and on so many other episodes. Um, you know, the congratulations goes to you guys as well, because I couldn't have made 200 shows without you and the friendship and the support and all your guys' appearances uh, on the show a number of times over the past few years. So, like I said at the beginning, I wanted you guys to come on and sort of help me out a little bit. And I thought it would be fun maybe if we would take a look back at the show again, like show 100. I know it's probably challenging for you since none of you probably actually listened to the show that if you're not on it, but there were other episodes of the ones you guys um, uh, appeared on. So I, I would love for you maybe to share with uh, me and share with, with us some of your thoughts about either your favorite segment or the segment you enjoy or interviews or things that sort of resonate with you guys 200 shows later. And gentlemen, we will be gentlemen. We'll let Valerie go first. Also, because she's probably most prepared. <laughs> Good point. There's a lot to say about 200 shows, and it's going to be really hard to try to make this into a, a short piece for the 200th show. You got a so, minute and a half. <laughs> of course, oh. we can't go by without mentioning uh, your big episodes. The ones such as um, Richard Sherman, Julie Andrews, Michael Brogy, Jim Corcus, Alice Davis, Charlie Ridgeway. They were some of my favorites, and I think they're some of the favorites of everyone. They're those they're those interviews that not just everyone can get. And it's not just that not just everyone can get them, but it's the way that you the way that you interview people that makes them feel like they're just sitting there across the kitchen table talking to you. And that comes across to us, and that's why we love those ones so much. Then there's the other favorite episodes, which are the ones that are just your regular episodes that Boy, whenever you come up with something, you have us rolling in the aisles. Your top 10 smells and the smell <laughs> of the dirty water. That's a classic. I, I'm going to move to the third on my list. And this is one with that kind of gets, gets one of the asterisks because you got you to gotta work with me here, people, and, and follow <laughs> along with me. Some of the attractions, some of the water-based attractions in Walt Disney World, specifically the ones that come to mind are Pirates of the Caribbean, It's a Small World. They have a smell to them. They've got... The only way I could describe it is the musty water smell of the indoor water-based attractions. (laughs) Don't laugh. Come on, tell me you know what I'm talking about and that I'm not completely insane and that I just need to spend more time riding rides. But these attractions... (laughs) There's something about when you get into the grotto of Pirates and when you get down the waterfall... It's got this smell to it. Even even the queue itself has this smell to it. And it's one of those things that when I step foot in there, I kind of get that little smile on my face because it's it's that familiar, very comforting smell that I enjoy. And again, even like Small World, it's got that same smell. Now, please just agree with me for my sake. And uh, of course, I can't go by without saying that one of my most favorite ones would be the food and wine episode, the very first one. I guess because it wasn't really planned, it was five of us saying, hey, we're going to go down to the Food and Wine Festival and and walk around there. 
And at spur of the moment, we said, well, if you want to remember any of this, Lou, why don't you turn on your recorder so you'll know which places we visited and what we ate. And it turned into a show itself. So I thought we would do, we'd stop here to sort of digest for a second and talk about some of the things that we eat. And we started over in Istanbul, Turkey, with what we thought was like, we rated things on a scale of one to five. And we thought right out of the box, it was, everything was a five. We start off with the mezzi, mezzi? I don't know. It was a little pita thing with some green... Eggplant. Eggplant. It was like a pureed eggplant and yogurt. Yes. That's what we had. What do you think? Um, I thought it was very good. The texture was excellent. I do like eggplant, so personally it was a favorite of mine. Until you got to the next kiosk. Until I got to the, the, yes, the pierogies then. All right, wait. On a scale of one to five, in retrospect, compared to everything else you've eaten, the little Istanbul mezzi... Ah, that was a three. See, went from a five to a three like that. And in Chile, we had a little shrimp with cilantro salsa, a spicy beef empanada, and that's it. And then in Argentina, we had a beef and corn pie, they called it, grilled beef with chimichurri sauce. First thing first, the shrimp with cilantro came almost like a little wine glass. But this is what I expected the mafungo to be like. It's cold, but it's got a little zip to it. Yes, it was like a relish with the shrimp. It had a lot of flavor. And, uh, yeah, the other stuff should have been this good. Yeah, the beef really did just melt in your mouth. It was, it was excellent. Yeah, we, we killed actually two empanadas. And over in Argentina, the beef and corn pie was like a little... This is what you had. No, he had a great name for this one. Man quiche. Oh, yeah, it was a man quiche. It was a quiche, but it was all beef and good stuff. And it was hot and... Uh, you felt like a man eating. Is that beef? What else is in there? The, uh, beef and corn. I'm not sure there's egg. It's a corn pudding with peppers and beef and uh, kernels of corn. And, and do you feel like a man eating this quiche? Well, I wouldn't have gone to that description, but uh. the thing I really liked, I think the best was, was the grilled beef with chimichurri sauce. It had like a cilantro and a, a like a basil flavor basil. with mashed potatoes, like a garlicky mashed potato on the side. That was exceptional. And now uh, it's become a pilgrimage. Now it's like yes, we, we revolve yes. our calendars around it. <laughs> and then the other one that I really enjoyed was the Everest Roundtable, uh, the, the first expedition Everest. Maybe because um, that was the first and, well, I shouldn't say the only, but it's the only race that I've run. I've run it twice or walked it. Walked it really fast with little spurts <laughs> of running. <laughs> this is my style. Speaking of my style, my plug for our WDW radio running team. You don't have to be the runner like my husband. You can be a walk really fast and little spurts of running kind of runner. But uh, in that round table, um, I really enjoyed the interaction between everyone that was there that actually had done that. Well, it's funny that you mentioned some of the the segments that you enjoyed, like the round table things. And every time I do those, I sometimes question myself because I say, well, you know, for doing things like a restaurant review or an experience like food and wine or a marathon meet, I always wonder if people who are listening kind of feel disassociated with it because they're not there. And it's funny because a lot of times, even and, and the restaurant review is appropriate because both Tony and Scott, I think you're both of your guys' first times on the show was when we did the, again, the very impromptu live restaurant review of Mama Melrose's, which was one of the most fun episodes for me to record. Well, that was kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing, wasn't it? 
I think so. I think, again, it was sort of our a little mini mancation. There was a bunch of us down there. It was me, you, Tim Foster, Glenn, and Scott. And we walked into Mama Melrose's and... I did. I just sort of, like Valerie said, kind of whipped the recorder out and said, let's just try this. Let's just sort of try a live restaurant review. And um, and Glenn, Scott, and I packed on about 40 pounds in the last <laughs> 200 episodes because of it. <laughs> and we were also fortunate to have, you know, Kat, the, the amazing uh, waitress there at Mama Melrose's, who, who basically hit it out of, the, out of the park. She was amazing. So we're going to try something very, very new today. Because uh, as part of our, uh, kind of a mini mancation that we're having with uh, with a number of friends, <laughs> we thought um, we're having lunch at Mama Melrose's Ristorante Italiano at Disney's Hollywood Studios, and thought we would try, God help us, a live restaurant review. And of course, if there's food involved, to my right, as always, is the lovely and talented Glenn Whalen. I'll have the chicken parmesan with. <laughs> you're you're you're, you're oh. jumping. Ahead. Okay. Uh, hi everybody. <laughs> and two new. Faces or, or voices to the show is Scott Otis. Greetings, listeners. The man who um, who got me to jump in a, into a pool fully clothed at one o'clock in the morning to raise five hundred dollars for charity. So, thank you, Scott. I'm trying to use this. Mm. Thing I didn't. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the honey hazelnut ricotta cheesecake, just like Mama used to make, which she never really made. We'd, we'd buy from somewhere, but just like Mama used to buy. And I, it seems like I'm the only guy here who does not like cheese. So I'm actually going to go off the menu and just get spaghetti with meat sauce. Spaghetti with meat sauce? The gelato definitely gets a lot of love. That's that's good. It's, what's it? It's got a pistachio, gelato, vanilla. A gelato love? A gelato love for the gelato. <laughs> it's a bit nutty. There was a nut in there somewhere. It's a pistachio. Was it? Yeah. Darn good. Which I never really got the idea of who would take a nut and make it into an ice cream. It's good. My grandmother was really big on the pistachio and cherry vanilla birthday cakes. Not cherry vanilla. Yeah, scarred me did for life as a child. Ice cream birthday cakes. She did. I was what scarred about for life. Butter ice cream. Oh, I'm totally down with that. So, well, that's a nut too, you know. Peanuts not it's a nut. Not. It's a legume. <laughs> Peanut butter's not a nut. It's a. It's a, it's a dessert. Well, it started out. It started its life as a peanut. No, it started out as a Snickers bar, and oh, they turned they, a they, they, bar they weed them out. Yeah, she was awesome, and it was a good time. And like Valerie said, the idea was not to just tell people about the restaurant, but but I always try to make people feel as though they're part of it, that they are sitting there right next to us, you know, enjoying the meal and, and being part of the experience with the ambient sounds and everything else like that. That is nice. When you do your live segments and hearing all of that, that really adds to it. Yeah, I agree with that. So <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I actually could uh, talk a little bit, but I had about a half hour speech that Valerie just did it basically word for word. So, <laughs> so I'm going to go in a different direction because, uh, of course, we, I also love all the shows where you have the the big celebrities. And, and even when we bring on somebody who's never had this experience before, it's their first time on the show. That's always great. One of the things I've really grown to love this year has been the audio guides. And I've been listening to them. A couple of them, I've actually taken the time to go into the park since I'm now, at the current time, I'm local. So I actually walk in through the park and experience the audio guide live at the location. And it really does enhance everything. Absolutely. So that's, I've, done, that's a wonderful I've, thing. I've done the same thing. When, uh, 
when I was down there on my mancation, I took my audio guides into the park. People looked at you funny, but <clears throat> I'm, look, I'm looking up at the Main Street windows with my, you know, my earbuds in, and I, I didn't care because it, it was, it was a, it's a wonder. Those products are, are fantastic. I recommend everybody I know. Yeah, but Glenn does it differently because you put it on your iPod. Glenn actually has me on his back reciting it into his ear like Yoda and Luke Skywalker. And <laughs> so, Which brings me to the other thing that I love is the many, the many of the videos that we shot. Uh, a lot of the videos that we've been able to go and experiences uh, interviewing Ashley Eckstein at the Star Wars oh, conventions. And, uh, <laughs> Calm down, that, that, just stink. that had to be terrible. <laughs> So I'm here at Star Wars Weekend 2010 with a very, very special guest. She is not just a celebrity host. She's also the voice of Ahsoka Tano in the Clone Wars series. She's a Disney fan. She's a Star Wars fan. She's Ashley Eckstein, my special guest. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. You know, actually, and it's it's funny, as a, and this goes way back to when I was a kid. My favorite part of... of if you say Horizons, I might just reach over and hug you. Oh, uh, what is it? Veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love veggie, oh. veggie, fruit, fruit. Um, <laughs> no, actually, my favorite part is the countries. I have to say, probably my all-time favorite fruit at Disney is the churro carts, um, or the churros. And uh, I actually, I love them so much. I had a churro cart inside my wedding reception at the Yacht Beach Club. I, I told them, I said, can you please get a churro cart from the park and bring it in? And then my husband, he loves the Mickey Mouse ice cream sandwiches. So we had ice cream carts in the wedding reception. So that's probably my favorite food. Third would have to be a Dole Whip. But- Hearts are breaking around the world, by the way. <laughs> Ahsoka Tano, Star Wars fan, Star Wars entrepreneur, Disney fan, former cast member, I think I have something else to add to your list of credentials. The perfect woman. Um, yeah, and that's Thank one of the things that... Thank you guys for inviting me to that. that <laughs> you guys are so predictable. Um, and that's one of the things that, that's interesting that sort of changed over time. You know, I, I went from, at the beginning, looking up on Google to find out what a podcast was when I was first starting out and sort of evolving the show into doing more things and video sort of was the the next evolution of it. And Glenn, you've been so helpful in, in helping me shoot a lot of that stuff and edit them all together um, and making them entertaining and me look as tall and, and skinny as possible. You did that very well, Glenn. Well, Glenn, <laughs> one of the funniest things Glenn ever said to me was, Lou, don't worry, the camera adds 10 pounds and I'm using four cameras. So that's how I, I sleep at night. <laughs> You talk about evolving the show, and, and I, I hope I'm not out of line when I uh, mentioned that the live shows that you do, um, for example, the one that sticks out to me, well, it's not even one, the, uh, the whole D23 conference um, out in California, that, that for me was, was uh, amazing to be able to sit at work, yes, at work, um, not much work done those couple days. But to be in the box and experience so much of the D23 conference back in New Jersey when I wasn't able to go out to California um, was was astounding. It's interesting how that developed because it really started as an experiment in my basement when I still lived in New Jersey. And I was shocked that anybody would watch then. But 
when I was able to take the box to events like that and connect people to the experience, I think that really showed the, the, the power of that medium. Uh, because like I said, even D23, we started doing, I thought I was going to do it for like a half hour on Thursday. We ended up broadcasting all four days. And when somebody came to me on Friday or Saturday and said, yeah, I watched you yesterday. I was so intrigued by what I was missing that I got on a plane and came out here. Um, I think that was very telling, not about what, you know, we were doing there, but just sort of the power of that medium and how the technology has changed since I started doing, you know, show number one back in, in 2007. Yeah, that's an incredible change. I mean, that that didn't exist up through the first 100 shows. And since then, now it's second nature. Now it's part of the programming for your week. That so you have a, a, a meet of the month, meet of the week type thing uh, that people can experience. It is a great experience for people to sit and feel like they are there. Yeah, and again, it's, it's changed a lot from just me sitting on either in my basement or in my lanai when Scott Otis bribes me with <laughs> raising $500 at one o'clock in the morning to jump in the pool <laughs> for, for uh, the, you know, the Make-A-Wish Foundation to the newscast and being able to bring people to events. You know, we, we did it out in Disneyland. We do it at um, the Pacific Northwest Mouse Meet, things like that. Even in Walt Disney World as well, we've did it from the... Um, the meet of the month in January during Marathon Weekend last year, I think was the first time I actually did it from the parks. So yeah, that was exciting. It was cold. It was cold, but it was exciting. Very cold. We got to go inside. We did get to go inside, oh. uh, but it it's it's rewarding for me because people say, "Yeah, you know, you give me a chance to sort of experience what you guys are doing." And yeah, I'm sitting in my cold cubicle in frigid Pittsburgh and sort of experiencing through you guys what you're doing down at Walt Disney World. And they can access it again and again later on if they want to watch it again. We can only experience doing it once, and then it's it's available for people to experience from that point forward. Yeah, and then deciding to break the news out into a separate show and the live show and the video chat and discussion, uh, it's been a lot of fun for me, although it's just, you know, <clears throat> Now I really don't sleep at at night at all. So that I think is the one thing that's progressed exponentially since I started in podcasting in 2005 is the amount of sleep um, has decreased over time, although the enjoyment level has increased (laughs) in in the opposite way. It amazes me that you can do it all. A lot of caffeine. He sleeps like three times a year, so, so it's fine. Right. Right, my body. I just have to recharge the batteries every so often, and uh, and then we we keep on going. But like guys like you know Scott and and Tony, for example. I mean Valerie, you and I were friends for a long time, and Glenn, I met very early on again because of the show. Um, I think I've told the story before. I think Glenn, I was coming down to Walt Disney World uh, for research or to do something, and appropriately enough, you emailed me and said, "Hey, if you're down there, you want to get together and eat." Let's meet up and eat. Uh, it was the, it was the Why first time. Why am I not surprised? Time, well, it was the first time anybody ever did that. And I was like, you know, yikes. Is this, is this, and I remember texting my wife from the parking lot of downtown Disney saying, listen, I'm going to meet this guy. His name is Glenn. He's from Tennessee. If you don't hear from me by midnight, that's all the information I have from him. So, <laughs> well, the thing for me, that the show has brought me not just for myself, but even among all of us. And, and you talk about things like the meat to the month and the box people and things like that is 
it's a, it's allowed me to make so many great friends, either the people that I get to see all the time or even the people that I get to meet at the meets of the month. But it's also had it's afforded the community to get together themselves too, that they meet up in the chat room or they come to the meets of the month. And watching friendships and relationships form from that has been very, very rewarding from me. Jealous as I do when Scott and Glenn eat by themselves without me, other than that, uh, it, it has been very, very re- rewarding because the Disney community has given me my best friends. Uh, you know, people I've been friends with from kindergarten, I realize I don't have as much in common with as you guys because I think we all share more than just a love of, you know, riding the TTA. There's something deeper to that. And all these different mediums and extensions of the show have allowed me to make friends and meet friends and, and watch those relationships form. Oh, absolutely. It's the, it's the reason we do it now, uh, Disney, to me, is is the friendships and uh, the Angus Burger. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I completely agree with Glenn there. It's, I, all of my best friends now, I've, I've uh, received basically through you, your show, the Meets of the Month, the live casts, you know, even just chatting with people in the box and then later meeting them at one of the meets of the month and then they become some of my best friends. It's it's, it's absolutely amazing. I was just going to say that I think that throughout my life I've known people who have like run in marathons and everything like that and you're like, yeah, good. I hope you enjoy yourself. But now when when Valerie is running in a marathon, I'm invested in it in a different way or walking in a marathon with a little yeah, bit of jog in there. A little bit of running. I'm invested in it, and like when I when I we talk to st- her husband Steve, and we talk about his running plan, I'm really interested. The funny thing is, we came down to Disney World for our 25th anniversary, and we ran into more people in Disney World that we know than if we walked to the local mall and went shopping. It's just that everybody that you know, all these good friends that we have now, that's where we find them. Yeah, it's been um, it's been very rewarding for me, and, and when I get to hear that about the friendships that I see you guys forming between each other, um, that uh, that's one of the things that helps make the three AM nights worthwhile. Plus, I I love doing this. I, I love doing it, and I do consider myself privileged and blessed to be able that you guys allow me into your heads and into your ears every week, sometimes multiple times for extended amounts of times um, each and every week. And people say, "Well, how do you do it? And how do you go?" without sleeping it's because of that reward that i get in, in that regard so I, i'm grateful f- uh, for that we're grateful we're grateful to you certainly and so i always finish off the show by asking people and, and you guys my friends and, and everybody else who listens has done a great job in, in helping to spread the word about the show and we always meet people in our lives we will kind of have that disney connection to us one way or other everybody has been to walt disney world or is going to walt disney world and if you were going to i'll ask you the difficult question if you're going to if you met somebody who didn't know about podcast or what podcast was or anything else like that and you had to recommend a single show or a, a, a one of the segments in the shows that you like that you think would be a good way to introduce somebody to the show that they would enjoy what do you think you would choose? Now I'm going to throw Mendike under the bus first. That's okay. I, I'm used to that. Um, if I if I had to do that, I would. It, people always say, you know, I've been to Disney, I've been there, done that. I said, well, you know, you're you're missing out on so much. For I, for example, I I would uh, point people to to the episode where you and Jim Corcus went through one man's dream. 
As Luke pointed out, we're here at uh, one of what I think is one of our forgotten hidden treasures here at the uh, studios, the, the attraction uh, Walt Disney One Man's Dream. I think most of us have a, a, a great affection and, and respect and a curiosity about Walt Disney, who was such a, a visionary. Well, here we are in the lobby, and you'll notice already that the lobby is starting to twist and turn, because remember, we're going through Walt's imagination, and your imagination is not a straight tour. It wanders back and forth, and we're going to wander as well. This is one of my absolute favorites. I told I'm you... I'm with you. This is, this is by far my favorite part of this exhibit. Um, this, we're standing in front of uh, Granny Kincaid's cabin, and, and uh, even people who come into the attraction, this is one of the ones that they just walk by because they don't understand the story behind this. Walt uh, collected miniatures. He had a huge miniature collection. He got fascinated by this uh, in uh, 1939 when he went to the uh, San Francisco Golden Gate International Exposition. Well, almost a, a decade later, he went uh, to uh, uh, Ken Anderson, and he says, you know, people here think I can't draw, I can't do anything. What I'm going to do, he says, is I want you to draw 24 sketches, you know, in the style of Norman Rockwell, of life uh, in a Midwestern town. And what I'll do is I'm going to build those in miniature myself, and then we'll ship them out under the name Disneylandia. And we'll put them on a train, and we'll take them around, and people will pay a quarter or 50 cents to see each of, each of the uh, uh, tableaus. And the very first one uh, was Granny Kincaid's Cabin, and this was based after uh, the film So Dear to My Heart. There was so much information in that one episode. I listened to that episode at least twice, if not more than that, to pick up everything. And that was another one I had on my iPod. I was walking through the, through the attraction. The, the, the information that you, you and Jim go through, the, all the backstories and the, you know, the Vault of Wald and all, all that story. So how did that little plug for him? Um, and that and, and uh, you know, any of the Wayback Machines are really fascinating to me. I, I always uh, would recommend to, for people to go to listen to those episodes. I love looking back at Walt Disney World's history by going through what I call my Walt Disney World Wayback Machine. And oftentimes I'll focus on a land or an attraction or a show or yes, even a restaurant. But recently on the show, we looked back at Walt Disney World during really a snapshot in time. And that was 1973, which was really interesting because we examined and explored Walt Disney World just a couple of years after the Florida Swampland was turned into a revolutionary vacation destination. So I thought we would do it again, but this time we're going to turn the dials ahead a few years to a time when the Magic Kingdom wasn't the only game in town and when Walt Disney World truly became the vacation kingdom of the world. And just as he did on the way back segment to 1973, Ryan Wilson from the Main Street Gazette is joining me once again as we travel back in time. And even that year in 86, you had the, you know, the architectural models released of the Swan and Dolphin, which meant that there were going to be more resorts coming. And this one's going to be right in Epcot's back door for World Showcase. It, and even within the park, the resorts we already had, you had things like the Campfire Snack Bar becoming Crockett's Tavern, which if you're a fan of Fort Wilderness, which is where I grew up, it, you are, you're a huge fan of Crockett's Tavern. It's second only to the Hoop-Dee-Doo Review. 
And still, to this day, I remember back the Top of the World Supper Club. Like, that was the place to go. And I think we even talked about this when we said in 73, it was very much a place for adults to go as well. And and the Supper Club, still, even in the 80s, was the elegant place to go dine and drink and dance and whatever it was at night. You're right. You had top-tier entertainment up there still. You know, over a decade later, it was going strong. It was the place for nightlife at Disney World, at Walt Disney World. You didn't have Pleasure Island yet. So this was the place that drew in adults at night to to really keep them on Disney property. I was going to just tag on to what Tony said, and it's not specifically the content, but um, he was very particular about if you had somebody that thought they knew everything about Disney, that would be the episode that you'd recommend. I think I would, we would actually recommend something different for somebody who's never been or maybe is going with children or maybe it's their first time. Maybe it would be more the travel agent type material like when Becky is on giving, uh, answering emails. It's time once again to answer your listener email. And as you know, I've invited you since the very beginning to write in and ask questions about anything from Walt Disney World vacation planning to history to trivia, just about anything else. And we have so many great questions to get to. Unfortunately, there's just not enough time in the week to get through all of them. Insert easy joke about the length of the show here. So I want to dive right in and get to answering as many of your emails as possible. So joining me once again to help out is someone who knows a thing or two about vacation planning, and that's Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Sure, You're getting a you third know, of sure. a pound of Angus, <laughs> pure Angus beef at Pecosville. I, I'm sure we can work something out, Lou. And listen, Victorian sure Alberts does not have a fixins bar, so... <laughs> but they do have a cool coffee press. They do, they do. Yeah. You talk about, you, that's the place to have the four, five, six hour experience. At the Fixins Bar? <laughs> no, at Victorian Alberts. <laughs> it might be something different depending on who you're talking to. Maybe you'd be sending them to a video, or if they're they're about to go to the parks, get them get get them to re- listen to an audio guide on their way or while they're in the park. Val, what about you? I have several types that I like. Um, in particular, for me, the the shows like the Richard Sherman show, the talking to people who knew Walt, talking to legends, that takes my breath away because that's what I I just really, you know, if I could go back in time to be able to actually get to meet Walt and ask him all these questions that I have um, would be great. The other kind of of show that I really love, and I think this is really good for, for like you said, those people who um, say, oh yeah, I've been to Disney. Well, you can see Disney in a whole new light if you listen to the show's like the Jim Corcus shows. And the one that stuck out in my head was the MGM show. And, you know, I never walked through MGM the same way after that show. I always look up and look around and and see things I never saw before. But Glenn, you had a great, great point there with Becky. I love it when she answers the questions, you know, because we do get so many questions that come into the show. But when she can sit and answer questions on just the basics, you know, Uh, Sometimes we all take that for granted, um, knowing, you know, how to book or when to book or should I get the food plan or, you know, what's the best deal for me? And and Becky gets right to the point on that. And you have a great partner in having Becky on the show. 
Scott, bring it home and tell people just to listen to the food reviews. <laughs> well, the food reviews certainly are wonderful, and I've been fortunate to uh, be a, a part of many of those. But uh, I think what yeah what Val said is is absolutely true. You know, the Becky parts are are just amazing. For, you know, even I I do listen to all of the all segments of the show, and those parts are very informational. Even though even though I'm like seventy five shows behind, they're still gold. <laughs> but but the, my favorites are some of the more historical ones, the DSIs, the Wayback Machines, you know, those with Jim Corcus. But I also really enjoy, like, the ones that you had, like, with a Ron Cohey or Imagineers Alex Wright or whatever. So some of those are just amazing because those are some of the people that are kind of behind the scenes a little bit, some people that you don't necessarily think of, you know, when you think of Disney World, but, but they still have amazing stories to tell also. The path to becoming an Imagineer is probably less restrictive than you might think. Every Imagineer has their own story, and in this new series of segments, I'm going to bring you some current and former Imagineers to the show to tell you their story, and to help maybe give you not only a little bit more about them and their work, but Imagineering itself, and how, if that's what you really want to do, how they did it, and how you might be able to as well. And my very first guest story is, I think, so appropriate for this first installment of, I guess we'll call it the How to Be an Imagineer segment. Yeah, the the hard step is getting in, but that's that's for anything. And, and for future Imagineers out there and people who want to be Imagineers, it, 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 if it's your dream, you'll make it happen. Um, but sometimes you got to go through back doors or you have to take other routes, alternative routes, to get to your dream. But if you really want it to happen, it, it, it will happen. Well, and that's always the challenge for me, too, is because I try and make the show, I try and come up with segments that are diverse, that there's something for the quote-unquote hardcore Disney fan that knows everything going back to 71, as well as the family that's looking to go to Walt Disney World for the first time in, you know, 10, 15 years and looking for vacation planning stuff so it's it's the challenge and it's the fun of trying to balance all those things out so hopefully um hopefully the show accomplishes that a little bit and with the videos thrown in there's a little bit something for everybody but uh, again i wanted you guys just to come on and sort of just share with me some of your thoughts about your favorite shows I, of course i'd love to hear from other listeners about segments on the show or individual episodes of the show that they really liked or if there's ones maybe that they didn't like i'm always open to some constructive criticism as well too uh you can always email me at lou at wwradio.com or post in the show notes uh again guys i i am truly i'm sincere when i say it that i feel blessed to be able to share what i love so much with you and for the friendship that you and so many other people have extended me because of the show and if it ended tomorrow um and and i croaked at my desk <laughs> know that I lived a, uh, a very good a very successful life because of all the joy that you guys have brought me because of the show so thanks for giving me the chance to do something I love every week and uh, Glenn Whalen Valerie Drew Scott Otis and Tony Mendike you guys are my friends I do appreciate you guys coming on again Thank you, thanks brother. for having thanks us for
so I know like 90% of you can't see me, so can I have a chair? Because <laughs> you're all thinking it. You're all thinking it. Yeah, you're all thinking it. Oh, Jim. Jim Corcus, everybody. To catch any and all of his appearances, go back to the past episodes of the show. No, I'm not going to. I can't stand on you. I hid him from you for a reason. Uh, I just wanted to say uh, quickly thank you and welcome to the meet of the month slash 200 show celebration. I appreciate all of you taking time out of your day or your weekend or your vacation for being here. Uh, this really is not about the show or anything else as opposed to my just way of saying thank you to you for taking the time, and there was a lot of it, to listen to 200 shows and videos and live broadcasts and 24-hour live shows and things like that. Um, that's why I wanted to do something where we kind of uh, was a way to sort of say thank you to all of you. Um, I, of course, when I'm saying thanks, I do want to say thank you too to Becky Mankin, my partner at MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, who put this together and allowed this to happen. <laughs> she is more than a partner, she is a friend. Um, and, well, and you all are. You all are friends. Um, you know, I, I said that from the very beginning, whether I've met you or not in the past, you know, and, and that's why I like doing these things is because it gives me a chance to meet you, to, to sort of make this conversation from the podcast two-way and for me to say thank you to you guys for taking the time to listen um, because I am truly blessed and I am grateful to allow, that you allow me to share my passion with you each and every week for the past five plus years. So uh, I, am the, uh, I am the one that is grateful to all of you. So um, that's what today is all about, just a, a quick way of expressing my thanks to you. I did want to let you know a couple of things that we're gonna do today. Rather than sort of sit down and you guys watch me record a show because I don't wanna hear all the snoring in the background, what I will do is I'm going to kind of come around. I want to talk to you guys and, and especially meet the people that I haven't met before. If there's something maybe that you want to record for the show, whether it's your favorite, funniest, awkward or uncomfortable moment, whatever it might be, um, memory, a question, whatever it is, uh, please feel free. Of course, don't feel any pressure either. Um, if you don't want to, I just want to come around and make sure I meet everybody before they go. Also, you all have, you should have little pinkish colored raffle tickets. Yes, everybody got one as they came in. Those are gonna serve multiple functions. Um, in a little while, after you guys have a chance to partake of the sweet yet non-fat-free snacks, we're gonna start drawing a couple out and I'm going to play a little sort of impromptu fact or fiction. Maybe I'll ask you a trivia question. Maybe I'll ask you something for a chance to win a not so valuable prize in the form of one of those <laughs> brand new and of course nobody's here that has one of those white WW Radio t-shirts right there. We'll also draw one at the end to win the cookie jar where all the tickets were, um, were put in uh, as you came in. So it's sort of a Mickey Christmas cookie jar. Thought we'd sort of bring in a little holiday spirit and find a way to put all the tickets in. A couple other things I wanted to let you know, too, um, in a way of saying thank you for joining us today, is I wanted to give you a little idea about some stuff that's coming up in the future, sort of give you a, a first crack at something as well, too. Uh, a couple of years ago, we ran the Adventureland Challenge Contest, uh, which was a lot of fun. 
sort of put people through an online scavenger hunt and a few other things, multiple steps in order to win uh, a great prize again that was provided by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. <laughs> but this year, um, you know, there's something that I've been saying every single show since the very beginning. Um, and it all comes, it's down to three words. And everybody's like, is it buy my books or keep moving? No, it's, <laughs> but then again, they do make a great Christmas or Hanukkah present. I'm just saying, you know, my kids, right. And my kids would love to eat next week. I'm just saying, so, um, but yeah. And while I do always say to keep moving forward because I do sincerely believe that, um, I also ask you guys to spread the word. And a lot of you over the past five years have done that in amazing and incredible ways. And I think that's why there are so many people here because they hear about the show from their friends or people that listen or their mom and dad, sometimes even their kids introduce their parents. And so coming up uh, probably in the next few weeks, I'm gonna give you some more details. But again, because you guys are all part of this, you are part of the show and the show is very interactive. I want you to start thinking about other creative ways to help spread the word. Because this time you'll be rewarded for doing that. And we're gonna have a spread the word contest. And again, thanks to my friends and our friends <laughs> over at... <laughs> Give it up for MEI and Mouse Travel Service. And box people, thanks to all of you guys as well for sitting in front of your computers. <laughs> Who was once a box person as now has made it out of the box? Wow. It's like being on parole, isn't it? It's like <laughs> you're getting time off for good behavior. So because box people, you were the ones who asked for it. Don't, don't shake your head. It's so going to cost me money. It's so going to cost This is going to cost her money because we are giving away a cruise. Wow. We're giving away a Disney cruise. So start thinking. Start thinking creatively about ways to spread the word. Uh, the other announcement that I wanted to make, and I'm going to try my best to get through this, um, is, you know, the show is so important to me. Um, it's... It is my passion, um, and, and getting to know all of you has been a great blessing from it. But when I first started um, writing my first book back in 2002, 3-ish, um, my father had gotten sick. And uh, as a result of what I had seen over at uh, Sloan Kettering Hospital, I wanted to make sure that I gave back and was able to help people sort of appreciate this Disney magic that we talk about and I think sometimes almost take for granted. Um, and I wanted to, instead of take money and say put it to research, I wanted to put it to a use where kids would be able to enjoy it now. We're hopefully be able to sort of bring that to the ones that would need it most right away. We started working with the Starlight Starbright Foundation, um, held a number of events, held a number of auctions every year um, at Magic Meets and raised an incredible amount of money. That is all because of you guys. Um, we've raised over $93,000, I don't even know what the number is up to now. Sometime last year, 95, we started working directly with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Um, they came to us and took note of what you had done um, and the 
told you I wouldn't get through it. Um, Count to 10. All right. They took note of what you had done and came to me and wanted to help sort of make that um, happen in many more ways. And since we've been working with Make-A-Wish, I wanted to let you guys know, and there's many people who are members of, of our Dream Team project here, they contacted me not too long ago and let us know that we had, since we've been working with them, we have raised enough money to sponsor a wish for a child. Um, And we're also going to be a, have a chance to be a part of that wish. So early next year, we're still working out the details. We're going to be able to see all of your efforts and all of your donations and all of your hard work and everything else that you've done sort of come to fruition and get to meet a child and their family uh, when they come to Walt Disney World. And I'll talk more about that as we get more details and maybe, you know, have all of you, because you are all part of the Dream Team Project because of what you have done um, to be a part of that and share that magic uh, again with somebody that means it. So, one, two, three. <clears throat> more than anything, that means most to me. So, on behalf of the family that we are going to sponsor, on behalf of myself, thank you all so, so very much. So with that, wait, uh, you forgot one thing. Uh, you forgot one thing. You thanked everybody. You forgot your wife, of I'm course. Just, I'm but you, to no, it. no. But you, you, you thanked, you thanked everybody over here and all that. There's one person that forgot to be thanked, and and that's the reason why everybody is here. Not for the free. Well, not just because of the free food. Uh, everybody is here and everybody is watching because they want to thank you, Lou. They want to thank you for keeping the magic alive. Now you're gonna make me cry. Okay. <laughs> I know. And 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 for and for those of you listening on the uh, edited version at, at at home, this went on for like a half hour or so, <laughs> so it had to be edited out. But uh, you know, for keeping the magic alive, for being a good friend to so many people and all that. But on behalf of everybody who's here and everybody who's listening at home, we want to give you something special that you don't already have. Now, you and I, you know, are are, are friends. Now, hang on. Hang on, you, you and I are friends, so, so you know, we went through the um, one man's dream attraction, so we know the last professional pho photograph of Walt was in the lobby there, you know, of uh, Walt waving in the electric car, and M Mickey's there, and that was taken um, uh, first week of uh, September, 1966. Well, in July of 66, uh, Walt and his family, the last time the entire family was together was on a, on a cruise up uh, uh, to British Columbia and all of that, and the last private picture of Walt was taken, and we want you to have the last picture taken of Walt privately by his family, and he's got a camera there, and he's taking a picture of you, and he's saying, gosh darn it, if only they had had podcasts in my day, I could have listened to Walt Disney World Radio. But it, it, it's, desi it's designed in such a way that you can keep it in your wallet so you can keep a little bit of Walt and Walt's spirit. But you really don't need this because you always do. Lou, thank you so much for everything you do, buddy. Thank you. In case that's Jim Corcus. Give it up for Jim Corcus.
again, talk about people that I'm grateful for. Uh, Jim Corcus is truly a, a Disney treasure. You're a Disney legend in my and so many other eyes. I, I'm working on it. I am working on it. And if you don't have Vault to Walt, please go out and get it and go talk to Jim because he is a, uh, he is a treasure trove. I'm happy you brought up Walt um, because, of course, years ago, I knew that the 200 show would fall on next week, and I wanted to celebrate it today because, as many of you know, you should know, today is Walt Disney's birthday. Um, so... Uh, uh, it is, it's timely and appropriate that we celebrate today because without Walt, we would not be here. And uh, other than my dad, there is nobody who continues to inspire me more every day than, uh, than Walt Disney. He was the original dreamer and doer, and because of him, I encourage all of you to always keep moving forward. Um, and the final and biggest thanks, I know, as always, as the show always goes, it's going longer than expected. Um, <laughs> my thanks go to you and my partners and all of you who are my friends, um, but I could not do this. <laughs> now I'm gonna cry. I couldn't do it um, without the love and the support of my wife and my kids and my family. Nicholas and Marion, oh wait, uh, Marion and Nicholas, got it. <laughs> volume two, volume three, just so, so easy way to remember them. Um, but it's true, and without you, and without all of you, I wouldn't have made it to show number two, let alone show number 200. So I am truly, truly, sincerely grateful to all of you. So thank you so much again for taking the time to listen to the show, to tune in in the box, and of course for coming by today. Um, please make sure I meet all of you before you go. Um, thank you so much. And get ready, we'll start playing some, some games soon, so read up in your trivia books fast. Thanks. Sir. So what we'll do is we're gonna have um, this lovely young spokesmodel here start drawing some numbers out of the Mickey cookie jar. We'll play a little trivia and or fact or fiction for a chance to win a t-shirt and then we'll draw for the cookie jar a little later on. So, Go ahead and uh, pick one number out. This is being supervised by the accounting firm of Do We Cheat Him and How? All right, Jason, let's see. Oh, wait, am I doing something? Oh, yeah. Here. Uh, I need to answer. Oh, wait, you can't have stand ins. I'll give this to my wife. I'm the Disney girl. And Jim Corcus cannot play on anybody's behalf, just so you know. No, I'm okay with that. You're okay? No phone of friends, no. Well, well, yeah. We have that. Don't yeah. do the hand signals. Yeah. We'll get that there. So, what's your name and how long have you been listening? That might, dic um, that might dictate your question. Okay, I am Diana, and I've been listening for two and a half years now, um, and I am just newly joined to the forums as Disney wifey. Nice. And you're a box. You've been in the box. Uh huh. We have seen you in the box. All right. So, are you a theme park? Are you a theme park person? Mm hmm. All right. Are you old school? Um, no, I'm since 2003, so I'm not that old school. I, I'm going to ask you a timely question. Okay. Fact or fiction? There was, look deep into my eyes, there was originally planned to be a Tron arcade in Tomorrowland. Oh gosh, I'm a Tronny too. I should know this. Um, a Tron arcade in Tomorrowland. I'm going to say fact because I hope it was, but I don't know. 
Maybe fiction? It could, well, it could be fiction. fiction. It could be fiction. It actually was fiction. There was going to be a Trotter Arcade, but it was going to be in Communicore. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with her answer. She said that was just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's pick, let's pick one more. Pick another, keep the top off. It's Tracy from? Clarksville, Indiana. All right, Tracy, are you a longtime fan, a recent fan, or you just happen to see the sign out front? Uh, recent. I've recent listened fan. to just a couple weeks. So. Just a couple weeks. All right, so I'm going to ask you, I'll ask you a show question, a recent show question. You ready? Okay. Fact or fiction? Alan Menken originally went to school to become a dentist. True. Or say fact. 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 We have a winner. We have a winner. You can see those two beautiful ladies right there for a t-shirt. It is Michelle from? New York. Are you a recent or long-time listener? Mm, about a year and a half. Do you want a theme park fact or fiction or a show fact or fiction? Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> Probably theme park. Yeah. Theme park? I'm hoping. <laughs> Do you own the audio guides to Walt Disney World? There's only one right answer. Is it, this is not your question. It's just, a, it's just a question. I wish I did. All right. I do not. I'm sorry. Okay. Fact or fiction? Yes. When Walt Disney World first opened, the Walt, don't look at my eyes for clues. <laughs> the Walt Disney World Railroad only had one train station. Fifty-fifty chance. False, or fiction, or whatever. What's the other one. What's the other chance? True. Nice. <laughs> it was actually fact, but she gets a T-shirt, and show does you. <laughs> right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm into. I was like, oh, I want. You were going to have a T-shirt anyway. So go ahead, go to T-shirt. You get a T-shirt, or you get a T-shirt. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Thanks so much. Go ahead, Ashley. Where are you from? Littleton. All right. Do you do you listen to the show? Uh, no. Wow. You know what? Give her a t-shirt for being honest. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My daughter, I listen to the show. All right, so your dad listens to the show. Uh, do, you, um, do, you, do you go to Walt Disney World? Yeah. Okay. When, how, long, how old were you the first time you were here? Three. All right, so you're old school. You're like retro. All right. <laughs> when I ask, I'm going to ask you an easy one. Did you ever see Miyuki in, uh, in Japan, the little candy artist? She makes all the candies. Animals? Yeah. Okay. Fact or fiction? Miyuki is the only female candy artist in the world. False. One fiction. more time. Fiction. One more time. Fact. Very good. It's a fact. <laughs> that girl on her iPhone right there will give you a t-shirt. I, now look, and Paul Sporton, the WWE Radio Cruise shirt. Dig it. I love it. Nice. Wonderful. Who's going on the Dream Cruise in February? Jack, Jack 7, baby! <laughs> what are we at? 84, 87 days? Somewhere around it? 83 days? Nice. All right, Paul, I know you're a listener. Long time. Name three Disney legends who've been on the show. Oh, dear God. God is one of them, but he doesn't count. Lumanjalo, Jim Corcus. No. No. Uh, I don't count. <laughs> <laughs> Three Three have been. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hello, peanut gallery. <laughs> Julie Andrews was on there. 
right? Uh, she gave you Alice Davis. Alice Davis. I'm sure somebody gave it to me. I didn't hear it. Alice Davis and was is Alan Menken one of the Disney legends? Alan Menken's a Disney legend. Give Paul a T-shirt. <laughs> Who else? Who else? I, oh, it's going to seem like I'm totally stacking no, 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 the deck. I'm not with him, though. But you're wearing the Dream Cruise T-shirt, so. But, but that's all right. So I would get picked. All right. Marked. All right, Julie. Sorry. Sorry. Okay, I'm going to show one. You want to show one? Yeah. Ooh. The, the theme park it was really too tricky. Crowd. No, no, no. Have you, have you listened to all the shows? Yes. Name two people who've been on the show that knew Walt Disney. Oh, um, Bob Gurr. And um, Alice Davis. There you go. There you go. We have a winner. Who else? Guy not wearing any logo gear yet. No, no, yet. Because you're getting a T-shirt, just so you know. All right, cool. Uh, Kevin Keenan. Keenan from Louisiana. Louisiana. All right. Have you listened to all the shows? Yeah. All right. A lot of pressure. Do you remember when I did the top 10 smells of Walt Disney World? Yes. What was my, go with me here, people. This is my, this is my favorite smell in Walt Disney World. It was the, the water? The water? The musty water smell. There you go. T-shirt. <laughs> Who else? You'll be next, I promise. Tracy from? Massachusetts. Listener? Sometimes. Oh. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> All right, let's see. Your daughter's new friend. <laughs> so a sum to, how, long, how long ago was your first show that you listened to? Mm, probably about nine months ago. I listen when I have time. <laughs> listen when you have time. Maybe I should bring my husband in. He's the one I'm going to the, the fact or fiction for okay. you. I can probably do this. How long have you been coming to Walt Disney World? Since 97. Okay. So we'll talk about something that something new that's coming, but we'll go back. Star Tours. Mm -hmm. In the old Star Tours, mm -hmm. your destination was Tatooine. Fact or fiction? Fiction. It was? Endor. The moon of Endor, oh. but we'll take it. Okay. Go get a t-shirt. <laughs> All right, Jackson. Are you ready? Yep. How old are you? Seven. True or false? There are seven lands in the Magic Kingdom. False. Oh. Watch my head. Fiction. No. True. Right. Can, can you name, name three of them? Tomorrowland, Fantasyland, and... Frontier Land. Uh, no, Ma Animal Kingdom. You know what? I'll take it. <laughs> go ahead. Go get a go get a T-shirt. <laughs> As my daughter's giving away the answer, Melissa, and then Alyssa Grace. How you doing? Good, I'm ready. Long time listener, first time listener. I started, you have no idea who I am, do you? I started listening about episode 12. So. Episode 12? I knew, I don't know how long it's been. Wow, and you kept on listening. Yeah, but wow. I, I'm not a box person. I only have time to listen, but I've loved it, so thank you. Oh, thank you. All right, so since you've been back to since 12, 
I did a segment a long time ago, probably right around there, called The Seven Wonders of Walt Disney World. Did you ever hear of, of you ever hear them before? Vaguely. Before. Vaguely. You want a different question? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've only had one co-host for the day. I've only had one co-host in 199 shows. Who was it? Oh, it's not um, Becky, but it's, she won that contest. I can't think of her name. Um, is it Lori? <laughs> what? Why are you? <laughs> She's in the room. If you can point her out. You're the. I thought she was still standing behind me, but Lori Burke is right. Lori loves to take her one a contest. Yep. She's in the corner. She's by the bar. Nobody so, puts Lori in the corner. <laughs> go ahead. Take Thank a you. Tea. All right, Alyssa Grace, come here. How old are you? Ten. Are you a listener? Yeah. You you hesitated just a little bit. Sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Do you want a show question or do you want a like a theme park question? Um, a theme park question. A theme park question. What's your fa- What's your favorite theme park? Um, Magic Kingdom. The ride, the attraction. Brian, you're from? Massachusetts. You already have my daughter and my wife already. Oh, all right. Well, that's the answer you get for standing up in front. All right. Um, Have you listened to all the shows? Yes. Listen to all of them. Remember, maybe not. (laughs) So I've been podcasting for five and a half, almost six years. In all that time, in hundreds of hours, mm-hmm. I've only had to bleep one guest. <laughs> one guest. I had to keep a story in and bleep it. Who was it? Knowing your guest, I want to say Julie Andrews. <laughs> no. Uh, recent. The recent one. Recently. Who, who else we got? Alice Davis. Somebody help help. Who is the only Alice Davis? Alice Davis. Alice Davis. <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> guys, thank you for playing. I'm gonna walk around again. If you guys, if anybody wants to record something for the show, your favorite moment, your funniest moment, a question, a comment, a criticism, <clears throat> which will never make it on the air. Um, I'm gonna walk around and talk to you guys as well too. So, thank you. Oh, and wait, before I forget, um, whether you played or not, whether you won or not, everybody on your way out uh, can get a copy of Celebrations Magazine too as well. Just my way of saying thank you. However, I am pleased to welcome you to the very first episode of the WDW Radio Show. I want to tell you a little bit about what I have planned and what you can expect on future shows. Even the casual fan of Walt Disney World is familiar with the name Brogy. Having possibly ridden aboard an engine bearing that name on the Walt Disney World Railroad, other fans will know the name Roger E. Brogy as not only the name of the very first Imagineer, but the man who helped Walt Disney construct his very own railroad at his home. Michael Brogy not only serves to carry on his father's legacy, but his love of trains as well. When we would show up in the morning, he would be in the barn, uh, tinkering, working on stuff, always busy. His, he loved to work with his hands. He always respected people that could build things. But Walt, 
loved America, and he loved the fact that railroads were an integral part of what made this country the greatest country in the world. And and to be around Walt, uh, the point of your question, uh, he was very curious about what you thought. And when he talked to you, it wasn't like an adult talking down to a child. And and one of the things, too, is... is uh, my brother and I, this was our, our pay for, for working on the railroad all day. Uh, after all the rest of the uh, uh, drop-ins, guests, and so on had left for the day, uh, a small group of us would go up to the uh, house. Uh, next to the house was a pool house, and inside was a multiple-use room. In one area was a, a full liquor bar, and the other area was a full ice cream parlor with all the flavors of ice cream and nuts and syrups and all the, the things you need to build uh, ice cream sundaes and so on. And Walt would get behind the, the bar, he would build drinks for the adults, and then my brother and I were sitting up in these tall stools there, and he would get back there and he would make these one-of-a-kind uh, Walt Disney sundaes. <laughs> and that was our pay for the day. And, and they were in these large glass boats, we called them, and he'd pile them high with ice cream and all kinds of concoctions, and, and no two of them were ever alike. There, he took some delight in trying to come up with some new concoction, new design. His work is legendary and includes helping to create attractions in Walt Disney World, such as Space Mountain, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, the Woodway People Mover, Spaceship Earth... World of Motion, Kilimanjaro Safaris, the Mark IV and Six Monorails, and, and countless, countless others. And he's primarily responsible for imagineering my personal favorite, Horizons. His work has extended beyond the theme parks into Disney feature films, and it continues to be enjoyed by millions of people worldwide. So it's my distinct honor and pleasure and privilege to introduce a man who really needs no introduction. He's former Walt Disney Imagineer, Mr. George McGinnis. Studer Computer Review, as it was called, had its beginnings in Alice in Computerland, a show that RCA was to produce, and John Hinch did the concept. So old concepts never die. Recently, we profiled the original Journey into Imagination Pavilion and Attraction as part of our Epcot retrospective series. I followed that up with an interview with former Imagineer Steve Kirk, who was not only instrumental in creating the attraction, but along with Tony Baxter, was primarily responsible for creating two of Disney's most beloved characters, the Dreamfinder and Figment. And needless to say, the response from listeners was wonderful, as many of you not only had strong memories of, of the attraction, but more specifically, the characters themselves. And a lot of you wrote in and actually sent photos of yourselves or your children with the Dreamfinder, who was really one of the most unique of all the walk-around characters ever to stroll through any of the Disney theme parks. Well, as fate would have it, guess who else was listening and felt compelled to write? That's right, it was the Dream Finder himself. And no, the, the lack of sleep hasn't made me lose it just yet, but I'm actually talking about Ron Schneider, who was Walt Disney World's original stroll-around Dream Finder and Figment character, as well as the voice of Dream Finder for parts of the Journey into Imagination attraction. So we started to talk and thought it would be fun with Epcot's 25th coming up to talk about kind of the lives and loves of a strolling dream finder. So I want to welcome Ron Schneider to the WDW radio show. <laughs> Thanks, Lou. It's great to be here. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so the next day, I was in a recording booth going, Skyrocket saw towards outer space. Imagine yourself in an infinite place. And that's how I wound up doing the, uh, doing the voice. One of the most exciting and most memorable opportunities that I had throughout the entire celebration of Epcot's 25th anniversary was a chance to sit and chat one-on-one with Marty Sklar for just a few minutes. So I, I think the, the whole uh, thing re- Walt, really what Walt wanted to do was to create turn-ons, get people excited about solutions for the future and, and to really be thinking about how to to overcome some of the issues that we have. And I think uh, Walt Disney World and Epcot have done a lot of that over the years. And for my next guest, her job is to visit destinations not just like Walt Disney World, but locations throughout the United States, Europe, and Latin America. With what can only be described as the greatest job in the world, it is my pleasure to welcome Samantha Brown from the Travel Channel to the WDW Radio Show. Samantha, Thank you well, very much. It's a, quite an intro. Thank you. <laughs> I believe it was um, way back when um, for great hotels, and I think the very first hotel we did was the Grand Floridian, and um, and that was actually the very first time I had ever been to Walt Disney World. Um, as I said in the show, my father said we didn't deserve to go to Disney World as kids because <laughs> we were rotten, <laughs> so, so we never went. <laughs> um, so my first time going there when I was, was when I was about 32. Now, I have gone to Disneyland. I went to Disneyland when I was 10, and that was a magical experience. <laughs> If I ask you to think about modern-day Disney Imagineering, one of the first names and faces and likely earrings that comes to mind is that of Joe Rohde. He is one of the principal creative forces behind not only Disney's Animal Kingdom, but lately Expedition Everest. He's currently the executive designer and vice president of creative at Walt Disney Imagineering. What were some of the challenges that you faced as you were designing and creating the theme park? Well, you know, the the fundamental challenge is the contrast between the illusion of the park, of this place of beauty and nature, and then the fact that, of course, it's this very, very complicated design machine that has to handle all these people and all these animals and all these things going on. And we don't want you, the guests, to have to think about any of that. So it is maintaining this illusion, maintaining the quality of this theatrical illusion is the everyday challenge of both design and operation of Disney's Animal Kingdom. You may remember some time ago when the Disney Channel's lineup was quite different from what we see today. And one of the most popular shows explored Walt Disney World in much the same way I try and do on this show, and thus was one of my personal favorites. It was called Walt Disney World Inside Out, and it ran in the mid-90s for a few years. And one of its hosts was J.D. Roth. Oh, I mean, come on, you get to hang out at Disney World and with George Foreman. You know, (laughs) he covered the food, I covered the rides. What, What better thing could you possibly ask for? I mean, that, that's not really like a job. The best George story I have for you is we're in, um, you know, uh, um, at, by America there, you know, at Epcot Center. Right. And there's thousands of, when George comes out, there's thousands of people that, you know, kind of get in a group around him. And we're doing this scene where he and I are eating a hamburger, and uh, he has, he, it, there's just a simple line he has to say. We talk about the burger, and the simple line he has to say where we both take a bite of the burger, and I say, oh, George is the best burger I've ever had, and he says, he's supposed to say, yep, J.D., that's gourmet cuisine. And so there's tons of people, and it's super hot. I take a bite of the burger, we do our thing, oh, that's a great burger, and George says, yep, that's gourmet cuisine. And they go, cut, 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 George, it's gourmet cuisine. He goes, yeah, got it, got it, got it. 
bring two more burgers in. I take a bite. He takes a bite. I go, George, that is a great burger. He says, yep, J-Day, that's gourmet cuisine. <laughs> and they stop tape. George, it's gourmet cuisine. I got it. I got it. They bring two more burgers in. I take a bite. I go, George, that is a great burger. He goes, yep, J.D., that's good food. We often talk or read about celebrities in Walt Disney World, whether they be current guests or even former cast members. But we often don't hear some of the more personal stories about their experiences there. And sometimes these stories involve events that are quite significant as in the case of my next guest. For many people may not know the connection between Walt Disney World and what many people consider to be the demise and breakup of the greatest musical group of our time. For it was Walt Disney World that the Beatles finally broke up, because it's there where John Lennon signed his name to the termination agreement, marking the end of an era in rock music. But today... I'm joined by one of the only other people that was there during that historic moment, May Pang. And it's only upon reflection about what happened. So I realize I'm the only person that ever caught that on, on you know, in a sense, on, on tape, on, 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 some, on some film. I'm the only one that ever caught him signing and break, the breakup of the Beatles. So when a book comes out that not just talks about Walt Disney World, but it's actually a fictional tale set inside it, You can certainly understand why it piqued my interest. And with that, I bought and quickly read through my next guest's first in a series of books called The Kingdom Keepers, Disney After Dark. So it is my pleasure to welcome New York Times best-selling author of The Kingdom Keepers and Peter on the Starcatcher series, Mr. Ridley Pearson, to the show. Mr. Pearson, welcome. Hi, Lou. Great to be here. I'm all a Twitter. (laughs) All of a sudden, I had the key to the kingdom. I could show up at any hour. I went at like 4 and 5 in the morning when the park was closed and got an Imagineer as a guide and went into the parks when they were absolutely shut down, which was going to be the idea behind the books. It was, it was kind of a, a riff on Toy Story where, you know, when Andy shuts the door, the toys come alive. And I thought, you know, what happens in this place when everybody leaves? What if the characters all came alive? And, and that was sort of the basis of this. And the name that for decades has been synonymous with Disney music and classic films and theme park attractions is none other than the Sherman Brothers. And their credits read like a best of of Disney films, television shows and attractions. In 1965, they won two Academy Awards for Mary Poppins. They received nine additional Academy Award nominations, two Grammy Awards, four additional nominations, Tony nominations, they've had number one pop songs, and an astounding 23 gold and platinum albums. So today, it is my absolute honor to be able to chat with a true Disney legend, and one of the brothers from that creative team that has changed the world with their music, Richard M. Sherman. And Mr. Sherman, I want to thank and welcome you to the WDW Radio Show. This was our concept, and we came in with a story concept, not just some song ideas or uh, yeah, that's good, Walt. It could be something. We came in with a real idea. And so we came up with this concept. It's a small world after all. Let's not blow each other up. Let's learn, learn to respect each other and love each other. And that's what we're saying without saying those words. We just said it's a small world after all. 
It's a world of laughter and a world of tears, a world of hopes and a world of fears. There's so much that we share. It's time we're aware. It's a small world. After all, that's what we said in the song. And if you hear it as a jingle, you want to shoot us. But if you hear it slowly and hear the words, you say, hey, it is a prayer for peace. And you obviously followed your father's advice, which was to keep it simple, to keep it singable, but most of all, keep it sincere. Oh, my goodness, you really are a researcher. That was great. Yeah, that's exactly what he said to us when we were young, young guys starting out, and he, he made the challenge. He said, keep it simple, singable, and sincere. And as he was walking out the door, and he says, and make it original. <laughs> I thought it would be fun to highlight some of my favorite things in Adventureland. Not necessarily attractions or food. There are so many things that I enjoy about this land that I thought maybe I'd look at my top 10 favorites. But of course, when I talk about top 10s on the show, only one name comes to mind, Samantha Brown. But in lieu of Samantha, I have the guy who put the Tim in top 10 with Tim. It's Tim Foster from GuideToTheMagic.com. Just take a minute to look at the little details that are around. And and two two of my particular favorites are the, the torches that are lit. Um and the jewels that are on the ground and the jewels are funny because I to me I, I know what they are and I think they're obvious but every time I do bring new people in I have them look at the ground and hey what's that and well pick it up and they can't and much laughter ensues don't know I think I feel like I'm been taken away to my most exotic place maybe that's the way to describe it like I feel further away from the real world than than maybe in some of the other lands um, Especially at nighttime. That, I think that and Tomorrowland are probably my f- two favorite places at night. Because uh, Tomorrowland, just because it's cool, but Adventureland, just because it changes so much. It goes from being fun and, and, and adventurous to being a little spooky, a little creepy, and a little mysterious. And I think that transition is fantastic and one of the best, I think, in Walt Disney World. So definitely if you're there, if you're at Adventureland in the morning, go back at night. It'll be a totally different experience, and you'll see it a totally different way. Pleasure was this great adventurer, and he was bringing in all of these artifacts and books and all this, and so literally his wife said, uh, there's only going to be room for us or for your collection, so you've got to move your collection out. So he literally had to build, you know, someplace to house all of these things. So uh, she wanted it far away from their house, so on the other side of the island, built the Adventurers Club in 1932 um, for all of his cronies and uh, all of that to, to house all of this uh, uh, stuff. And uh, right next door were the Avigators, which were Florida stunt pilots. And they did an import-export business, but they also uh, took all of these adventurers on their trips you know, to faraway places and, and uh, uh, brought them back in. And coming this fall is a new dining experience to add to the list as one of the world's most renowned celebrity chefs, Kat Cora, is bringing her new restaurant, Cuisina, to Disney's Boardwalk. And it always starts sort of at home and with the family. And I think I think Greeks, much like Italians, I come from a, a very mm-hmm. traditional... You know, we almost have this borderline obsession with food <laughs> that starts very, very early on. Um, <laughs> but you, It's so true. I mean, we did the same thing. I mean, we really... Every single thing we did that had to do with gathering and getting together, 
um, was, you know, really around food and, and parties and, and just having a great time and enjoying life. And, you know, I think it's really universal for so many people and so many uh, different, um, you know, heritages and cultures is, uh, you know, gathering around food and really, you know, kind of breaking bread together and enjoying each other and, and uh, enjoying great food and great wines and, and just having a lot of fun. And, and really, it's just about loving life. And not since the introduction of Snow White in 1939 and the films that followed in the early 40s like Pinocchio, Fantasia, Dumbo, and Bambi did the Walt Disney Company have such a meteoric rise and success as they did during the 10 years between 1984 and 1994. A true golden age of Disney animation, the films and the people that created them held to Walt Disney's tenets that story be paramount and coupled with brilliant animation, memorable music, and classic characters made for a renaissance for animation as a medium. And one of the people who was instrumental during that period was producer Don Hahn. Every day was an experiment. Every day was new on Roger Rabbit. You had to kind of make up the process of making the movie while you were making the movie. Um, so it was a lot of trial and error, a lot of mistakes, a lot of people coming and going. And uh, But the result was uh, really fresh. And I think people not only liked the movie, but it reminded them how much they loved animation. And it was the beginning, probably, of people going back to the theater just to see animation. I was actually asked by the founder, Don Morn, if I'd be willing to go on stage and interview a very special guest. And of course, I said yes, even before I knew who it was. But when I heard that it was Disney legend Bob Gurr, my eyes widened and I smiled like a giddy kid because I would be so honored to have the opportunity to interview an original Imagineer and someone who worked with Walt and literally designed so many of the ride vehicles we still see and use today in Disneyland and in Walt Disney World. At the same time, uh, Walt wanted me to get started on some of the uh, uh, moving show action equipment for a small world. And then while doing all of that, Walt suddenly calls my boss, Roger Brogy Sr., and myself over the studio and says, I want you to look at this animated Lincoln. Uh, people have been working on it, and it doesn't work. And uh, I want you to make it work. And I want twice as many moves, and I want it to, uh, to weigh half as much. And it was like, it was futile, as you now know, to tell Walt, I don't do humans. <laughs> but Walt was quite, uh, quite upset, because I did find out later that the night before, he was showing this to a lady friend of his, and uh, the, much of the mechanical stuff was behind a wall, and there were guys there to try to help the figure out of his chair because the hydraulics weren't working that well. And we used red hydraulic fluid, and a line burst in the, in the chest, and it came out of the white shirt. And this woman was absolutely furious. Well, Walt, well, you're going to do a show, and you're going to reenact the killing of Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> oh, oh, dear, oh, well, good King Arthur is on... Vacation, and so we need to find the new temporary royal ruler of Fantasyland. Now the responsibilities of this are so great, I shall be selecting several volunteers uh, throughout the day. So if you're selected, never fear, it's only a part-time job. (laughs) So basically that's the story of Merlin is out here, Arthur's on vacation... You've got to find that. Legendary composer Alan Menken joins me to talk about his early career 
and helping to usher in the renaissance of Disney animation, as well as his work on Disney's 50th full-length animated feature, Tangled. Audiences sense and know this material was written specifically for this for this movie. It was specific, it's specifically tailored to tell this story in a very, very clever and consistent way. And audiences were hungry for that, clearly, and, and they hadn't had that in a while. Um, and, and they embraced it. Unexpectedly. The story is a true Disney fairy tale, from the fortuitous meeting of her husband and fellow Disney legend to her work on classic films such as Sleeping Beauty and attractions such as It's a Small World and Pirates of the Caribbean, I am truly honored and privileged to welcome Disney legend Alice Davis to the show. I was working on the auctioneer. Walt wanted to see the auctioneer first, and that's the only figure he ever saw. He passed away before he saw any of the other pirates, and he was so looking forward to the pirate show. Um, It was a shame, but anyway... Um, I did the costume for the the auctioneer, and he had a vest that came just above the knees. And I knew what was going to happen, and he had the fancy lace cuffs and collar and all that. And and when they they turned on the... I had all of the, the sculptors, all of the machinists, everybody come to see this working. And so everybody that worked on it got a chance to see it the first time it went to work. And when the auctioneer was throwing his arms around and talking and so on, it was was just terrific, perfect movement, very smooth. And when he leaned back and said, how much am I bid, this great (laughs) came up through the vest. No need to expose your superstructure. (laughs) And all those sculptors went, you know, like this, and they oh, my God. Now we understand what you were talking about, you know. And Walt was going to be there in a half an hour. And they said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I'm the only female there. And I said, you get a hacksaw and saw it off. (laughs) And and there was quite an emotional moment (laughs) with all of them. Mary Poppins is more than a timeless classic. As for many... Its significance goes much deeper, thanks in large part to the title character brought to life by my next guest. It is my true honor to have the opportunity to speak today with Dame Julie Andrews. Ms. Andrews, welcome to the WDW Radio Show. Thank you. Very nice to speak to you, Lou. I was playing in a show on Broadway called Camelot, and it was recommended to Mr. Disney that he come and see me in the show because he was looking for a Mary Poppins. And uh, the first I heard of it was that uh, Mr. Disney was in the audience and requested to uh, come backstage to visit. Um, I assumed he was just coming backstage to, um, uh, as a courtesy, or and I was very flattered. But in fact, when he came backstage, he uh, had loved the show. Obviously seemingly had made up his mind about me and asked if I would be interested in coming to Hollywood to listen to the songs and see the drawings and uh, really the the general feel of Mary Poppins, would I be interested? I think that the 
the influence, the longevity of Mary Poppins is probably to do with the feeling of safety that she brings for children. Uh, her, um, her, her world and the things she does in the world are, are all fun, and even though she's very strict, uh, there are boundaries, and, and children can, uh, can feel safe while enjoying all the adventures and so on. I think it's the perfect movie for families in general, for parents and children. They're both going to get something good out of it. It's not just a, a movie for children or just a movie for adults. It, you could really, the grandparents can go, parents can go, the children can go, everyone can have a great time. And it was the pioneer. It was the one that said you can combine live action and animation and make a musical out of it. And uh, it, it, it was an amazing vision that Walt had for it. Will you be good enough to explain all this? First of all, I would like to make one thing quite clear. Yes. I never explain anything. The honeybees that fetch the nectar from the flowers to the comb never tire of ever buzzing to and fro because they take a little nip from every flower that they sip and hence, and hence, they find, they find their task is not a As I expected, Mary Poppins practically perfect in every way. That's going to do it for this 200th episode of WDW Radio. I'm going to keep the final announcements pretty quick because I want to get to the messages that you left for me for the show. And I have to tell you how humbled and how grateful I am for that, as well as for all the friendship you have extended me and for listening to 200 shows and the videos and the meets of the month and the live broadcasts and chat. It means so, so very much to me. And I just want to remind you that this show is for you, and I want it to be as interactive as you'd like it to be. If you want to be heard on the air, you can call the voicemail anytime at 888-703-2171. You can also email me with your questions and comments and feedback at lou at wdwradio.com. I also want you to connect and keep up with updates of the show. I'm at twitter.com slash Mongello. Come by and join the Facebook friend page over at facebook.com slash WDWradio. And for a little more Disney every day, make sure you come by the website over at WDWradio.com. There you can subscribe to our free email newsletter, read our blog post, check out our photo galleries, join the community and our free, friendly, safe discussion forums. Check out past episodes of the show. Most of them are evergreen, including interviews, reviews, Wayback Machines, trivia, and lots more. You can shop in the store for my audio guides to Walt Disney World, as well as signed copies of my Walt Disney World trivia books. To subscribe, order back issues, or find out how you can be a part of Celebrations Magazine, visit celebrationspress.com. To find out about upcoming meets of the month and other Disney meets, visit disneymeets.com. I also have to say a big thanks to all of my partners and sponsors, including MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. They are my official and recommended travel provider. Becky and her team do an amazing job of bringing an amazing level of personal service that is their hallmark, whether you're going to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Adventures by Disney, or on the Disney Cruise Line. 
You can visit them over at mousefantravel.com. All-Star Vacation Homes has more than 150 homes within just a couple of miles of Walt Disney World with private pools, spas, kitchens, game rooms, and so much more. You can visit them over at allstarvacationhomes.com. And don't forget that Santa's favorite resort is the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin. Lots of holiday activities going on there. One of my favorite places to stay on property thanks to the heavenly beds, the 17 restaurants, and the close proximity to the boardwalk, Epcot, and Disney's Hollywood Studios. For more information, visit swanandolphin.com. Like I said, I wanted to keep the outro quick, but I did want to say my sincerest thanks to all of you. Once again, whether this is your first or 200th show, if you had a chance to watch the videos and the live broadcasts and the newscasts, thank you from the bottom of my heart for allowing me to come into your home and into your life this and every week. This is hopefully just the beginning, and there's lots more to come, I promise you. As always, all I ask is that you keep doing what you've been doing. Please help spread the word. Let others know about the show. And my friends, and I mean it, you are my friends. Thank you again for taking the time and tuning in. And I hope that you become inspired and motivated to pursue your passion and follow your dreams. And when you do, always, always keep moving forward. Thanks again, everybody. See ya! I wanted to congratulate you on the 200th episode. Yay! I am so proud and happy for you, but I'm sure no one's surprised that you've made it this far. You're an absolutely incredible person, and all of your fans and listeners just love and appreciate you so much. It was great to watch the meet from the box on Sunday, even though I wish I could have been there. But I think we can't afford to fly to Florida every month, so... At least I got to be close to the tissue box while you were making your speech. And I know you mentioned the Dream Team Project and what it meant to you to be able to make a child's dreams come true. But you do that every day, Lou. I know you've made several of my dreams become reality. And there's no doubt in my mind that you've done the same thing for so many other people. You're really fantastic. And this is only the beginning. You're becoming more and more well-known every day. And... Even though I may not want to share you with all your new fans, I can't wait to see where the future takes you. So please just keep spreading your magic. I hope to see you next time I'm in town, and I'm looking forward to that dinner you promised me. So can't wait for that. Have a great week, and again, congratulations. Hello, Lou, and everybody else out there. It's Josh um, from a while ago. Um, I know it's been a bit since I've called in, and I'm sorry about that, but um, I've still been listening, so... Uh, you can't hold me accountable for anything. But um, anyway, uh, Lou, I just wanted to congratulate you um, on your 200th show. Um, I'm, well, I'm proud of you, like you're my own son. Not saying that I have kids, but um, but I'm just I'm really proud of you, and uh, I'm glad that I could be a part of this um, for a little bit there, um, the summer of 2009. Uh, I'm just about every single voicemail because, well, in the, it was summer in Michigan, so what to do, you know, but anyway, um, I really hope to, uh, come out 
uh, this coming fall sometime or uh, in 2011 um, because that's where my family wants to go on their next uh, vacation. And you know what's funny is that I didn't even mention it. My mom mentioned it, and, well, I went along with it. I'm like, well, I'll go. So, But, uh, yeah, you know, I'll take you up on your offer. Um, go out to dinner or something there. Uh, but you're, uh, well, I was about to say you pay, but I guess I can pitch in a bit. So um, I guess I'll, uh, congratulations once again, and uh, I look forward to seeing you at some time in the future. And remember, everybody, if we can dream it, we can do it. See ya. Hey, Lou, it's Ryan from the Main Street Gazette. I just want to tell you how thankful I've been to be a part of the show and have you and the show a part of my life. All the things you've done for me and for everyone out there, thank you for 200 shows of just pure Disney magic, and I cannot wait to hear what's coming next. Love you, buddy. Bye. Hey, Lou, it's Aurora. I wanted to call and leave you my favorite segment this year. It would obviously have to be when you came to the Social Media Moms Convention and you did a roundtable podcast with us. Um, It was my first podcast that I'd ever been on, um, and I had so much fun doing it with all the other mommies and letting them adopt me as a mommy myself, even though I'm not. Um, I got to hang out with you and make some fabulous memories and meet one of my now favorite people to always make sure I get a hug with. And uh, I just wanted to thank you for putting on such a fantastic show and making the little people into a big part of the Disney community. Because without you, I don't think that would be possible. I love you, Lou. You are one of my favorite people, and I hope you have a fantastic 2011. Lou, thanks for the 200 episodes. I've enjoyed them immensely. Hope you have 200 more. And thanks for everything that you do for the community. We love you. WDW Radio, your information station. Do, 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 sing! Do, 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 do. <laughs> Hi, Lou. This is Steve Drew at Grove City, Pennsylvania. I just wanted to call to say congratulations on show number 200. And I just wanted to tell you that... Uh, my favorite attraction at Walt Disney World used to be the Haunted Mansion, but now my favorite attraction is Lou Mangello and his family and all the wonderful friends we've met because of the WDW radio show and, of course, the food. I'll see you soon. Thanks. Bye. Hi, Lou. I just want to let you know that I absolutely love the show. Congratulations on 200 episodes. It's changed the way I look at Disney and the way I've seen Disney, and I've tried so many new things and new restaurants, and I just love it. Congratulations. Lou, this is Jesse Bissegli calling to wish you a happy 200. I want to stop by and just say that one of the segments I really, really enjoyed uh, was the interviews that you did with Richard Sherman. Uh, it was so cool just to hear from a guy who had so much interaction with Walt Disney himself. I uh, really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I, it was it was entertaining. It was educational. Kind of like a trip to Epcot, you know, and who doesn't love Epcot? Congratulations on the 200th episode, and let the countdown to your 300th episode officially begin. Hey, Lou, it's Stephanie Cowan. I want to say congratulations. It was a great, great 200th show party. Big fans will always be. Thanks for making us part of the WDW Radio family. Hey, everybody. This is Bill from Fort Lauderdale. Uh, Lou, on uh, on Walt's birthday today, I just want to thank you. I think everyone wants to thank you because for a lot of people, you are 
our Walt Disney. You paint a, a picture of a world that is certainly not disingenuous, but highlights it, it, it highlights the parts of and is the pinnacle of just a wonderful experience and and just overall goodness. So thank you for everything you do to, to give us a world that's a lot happier. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Mark. We're both from the UK. And thanks for everything you do for us, Lou. Congratulations on the 200th episode and see ya. We are privileged to be here to see this today. It's been excellent. Thank you. Okay, Lori. Let's say something for Lou. <laughs> Can I just do the devilish laugh there? <laughs> I love you, Louis Mangello, and thank you for changing my life for the better. Love you, honey. I like my daddy's 200 show. It's really good. Thank you, Lou. This is Marilyn from Michigan. Please, another 200. Ah, make it 2,000. Thank you. Hey, Lou. This is Mary Jo Collins, Mojo. I was just calling to say congratulations on 200th episode. We're so proud of you, and there's so many people that love your show, including myself and my family. And we just wanted to thank you for everything that you do. And I wanted to personally tell you that um, our friendship has meant a lot, and I'm truly blessed to know you, and I'm very thankful that you've introduced me to so many wonderful people. And I'm looking forward to the cruise immensely, and looking forward to 200 more episodes. So keep them coming, and again, congratulations. Bye. Lou Mangello, 200 shows. I've been on how many? I don't, I have no idea now. I guess I have to count. Now we have to go through all of the shows and find out, Becky. Exactly. Now we're going to have to to count. But I just wanted to say I hope you have 200 more terrific shows. How many hours will that be? Yeah, we were going to figure that one out. I I know. I guess we need to do some calculation. But congratulations. Glad to be part of the team. Love WDW Radio and everything that you do for the Disney community. I don't know if it's a birthday or anniversary. What are we calling it? 200... Anniversary. Anniversary? Happy anniversary. Yeah. And counting. And counting. Love you. Uh, I'm Paul, Data Tully, and Nitro Stitch. Congratulations, Lou, on 200 wonderful episodes. Thanks so much for keeping the magic alive. We're your biggest fans. Congratulations, buddy. Hey, Lou, this is John Donahue and Sarah Irene, and we just want to say congratulations on your 200th show. We love you. We love the website, and uh, we're just, uh, it's a magical place because you're here. God bless you guys. Hi, Lou. This is Joyce Grant from Joliet, Illinois, with my husband, Jeff, and we just want to say thank you and that we love you, and this is the best thing that's ever happened to Disney. Okay. Hi, Lou. This is Michelle Gadette from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada, and I want to congratulate you on 200 fabulous shows. Uh, I think we should all be thankful for a Lou Mangiello, uh, a warm and caring, knowledgeable person uh, who keeps the magic alive, shares all of the stories, and brings so much happiness to so many people. Lou, congratulations on 200 podcasts. I I hope there's uh, 100 times more of that. This is your buddy, Jim Corcus, saying thank you, Lou, so much. Hi, Lou. I just wanted to let you know that my family and I enjoy your show and your passion for Disney. It's really amazing. Uh, We've met you several times, uh, one time at D23, and saw you in the world, and you were so sweet and took a picture with our darling daughter. 
and we just really think you're the cat's pajamas. Merry Christmas. Congratulations on your 200th radio show. That is awesome. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, Lou, this is Dave and Kathy Roshoni calling from Niagara Falls, and we just wanted to call and congratulate you on 200 shows. Wow, it just seems yesterday we've, we started with show number one. Uh, you do a great job, Lou. We just wanted to congratulate you and tell you how proud we are of you, and thanks for all the hard work that goes into each and every show, the great interviews that you've done with all the great Imagineers and songwriters, and just, again, just congratulations. Uh, wish we could have been there to celebrate the 200 shows with you, but really looking forward to listening to the recap. And, again, Lou, you're a good friend, a good buddy, and, and thanks for 200 shows. And here's, uh, you know, here's a, for another 200 shows. See you, bud. Hey, Lou, this is Kelly from Buffalo. Congratulations on your 200 show and many more. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Lou, this is Jim from Long Island, a.k.a. Disney 05. Just wanted to say congratulations on your 200th show. I've been a listener since the first show and then some. Uh, I think my favorite segments are definitely the interviews you land, uh, Sherman, Gurr, Corcus, Mankin. They're just priceless. Uh, also, I just wanted to uh, thank you for giving us an outlet in so many different ways for our passion. Uh, you're really filling the void for, the vo- for those of us who... Uh, Need our Disney fix, but can't make it down to the world as often as we like. Um, you know, and as you tell us, even though we've never met, uh, I consider you my friend. And when I tell people to listen to your show, I tell them I have a friend. Hi, I'm Michelle from Rochester, New York, and I just want to tell Lou that he's doing an awesome job. Happy 200. Uh, we really like the show. We want you to keep doing it, and uh, especially the top tens, and make sure they're more than ten. That's cool. <laughs> and what's your favorite nickname for Bananas Foster? Uh, Samantha Brown. <laughs> Lou, this is Alex Sinek. I was very happy to meet you over the weekend, and I just wanted to call and tell you congratulations on your 200 episodes. I've been listening since the Mouse Tune days, and your show just keeps getting better and better through the information sessions with Ryan or Jim Corcus and all of the uh, question and answer sessions with Becky Mankin. Uh, I really enjoy your show, and it is must-listen. Uh, again, congratulations on 200 shows, and here's to 200 more. Have a nice day. It seems like amazing to meet you finally. And having only really exchanged words two days ago, yesterday, you, you allowed me to tag along with your family and see Muppets and see Toy Story. And we were going to go to M- Mama Melrose's but for, the, but for all the people. So is, I've, I've been listening to your show for about a year and a half and I never, I never imagined that it would come to this. I never, I never really imagined that I'd be able to meet you, let alone see your 200th show recorded and meet your family and, go, and be beaten by your wife on Toy Story Mania. So thank you so much. Congratulations, Lou. I, Stephen Barrett, and Vicky, and everyone I know important to Disney are so very proud of you. Mr. Mangello, how are you, my friend? It's Tony Caggiano here. Just wanted to take a second to congratulate you on your 200th show and to uh, thank you for everything you do for myself and my family and everyone else. You're a great friend. I can't believe it's been just a few years since we met. You've become a huge part of my family, and your show is something I look to look forward to every, each and every week. 
at the uh, risk of great bodily harm to myself at the hands of my wife, I will behave myself and save you the trouble of having to edit this message 10, 15 different times, as is expected of me. But I just wanted to thank you and congratulate you and looking forward to many years of entertainment from you to come and great friendship and good times and looking forward to everything next year has to offer and that's all. Take care, bud. Bye. Congratulations, Lou, on this milestone. This is John King, and I really love uh, the show. It's so smart, so fun, and it really keeps me charged up. Uh, you know, I love it when you uh, bring in your guests, uh, Becky, Jim Corcus, and Tim. Um, it's just so much fun. Um, my only request is keep doing this forever. Hey, Lou, I just want to congratulate you on your 200th episode. Um, congratulations. Hey, Lou, this is Meg from St. Paul, Minnesota. I just wanted to call to congratulate you on 200 great episodes of the WDW radio show. Thanks for all you do, and keep it up. See ya. Hi, it's Diane from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I absolutely love Lou's show. I love everything he stands for and everything he does. He's great. Love you. Bye. Hi, Lou. It's Lynn from Maine, and I want to thank you for spreading the magic. It's wonderful. It's fantastic, and I love the show. Thanks. Hey, Lou, this is Ashley from Louisiana. I enjoy watching your shows, and congrats on 200. This is Keenan from Louisiana. We really love your show, and here's the 200 more. Hey, Lou, this is Kevin in Denver, Poly Beach Sunset. Just want to congratulate you on show number 200. Uh, thank you for all the entertainment. It's very much appreciated. Uh, my favorite show, uh, it was really hard to pick, uh, but as far as number of times I've listened to one, uh, it has to be number 186, the uh, live restaurant review. Uh, for some reason, that was just a lot of fun to uh, listen to over and over. Keep up the good work, and looking forward to hearing a lot more. All right, bye-bye. Hi, Lou. This is Mark Schwartz from Minneapolis, owner of WDWGolf.com, the unofficial guide to golf at Walt Disney World. Also, WDW Golfer on Twitter and in the WDW radio chat rooms, where I finally come out of the box to meet you here today at Ariel's. Congratulations on your 200th show, Lou, and thanks for hosting this special celebration today on Walt's birthday. Thanks so much for your commitment to excellence and content and for everything that you do to spread and share the magic of Walt Disney. We look forward to many more great shows in the future. Keep moving forward. Hi, Lou. This is Tony Mendike from Ocean View, New Jersey. I just want to give you a quick call and congratulate you on your 200 show. Uh, I know I speak for a lot of people when I say thank you for all the hard work and effort you put into giving us a show each week. It brings the Disney magic home to us even if we can't be in the parks. Uh, keep up the great work. And you keep putting them out there, and we'll keep listening. Thanks, buddy. Hi, Lou. This is Joanne and Gary from Hagerstown, Maryland. Congratulations on your 200th show. We love you. Keep up the great work. Hey, Lou. As I'm sitting here at DVC, which is my college out here in California, I got your tweet that you want to get some voicemails in about your 200th WW radio show. Well, I just want to say that I've been listening to your show for about, yeah, since I was about 15 years old. I'm assuming that would be the youngest. And the best uh, show I ever seen was uh, a lot of your videos. I watch all of your videos, and I share them with people if they want to know what's going down at Walt Disney World. Like your most recent one, which is the Holiday in the Park one. I loved it. Plus, you have great Voices of Liberty stuff, which I love amazingly. All right, so uh, I hope to see you on the internet soon. Can't wait to hear your voice. Bye-bye. Lou Mangello, it's Tony Caggiano calling. You know... I guess congratulations on the 200 show and all, but I got to tell you, I'm calling up just so that I get the credit I deserve for making your show what it is today. 
you took advantage of my lactose intolerance. I had to have my stomach pumped after that whole kitchen sink fiasco, and everybody thought it was entertaining. And the only thing I ever said about you was that you had minty fresh breath. I think that I was more than courteous. I'm very nice about everything, and it wasn't fair for you to exploit me for the benefit of your own advancement. All right? So congratulations, I guess, because my wife says that. That's from her, not from me. And that's all I have to say about that. Goodbye. Hi, Lou. This is Shelly calling from Farmington, Connecticut, Shellbell77 on the forums. And I just wanted to call and say congratulations on reaching your 200th show. I'm very excited for you. Very excited for the upcoming WDW Radio Dream Cruise and meeting all my Deck 7 neighbors and everyone else. Um, and wanted to let you know that my favorite segment has been your recent interview with Alan Menken. Um, the, the renaissance of Disney animation is the time that I really fell in love with Disney. And as a, as a musical person myself, it was very much the music of that time and what Alan Menken did that really brought my love to Disney to the crazy thing that it is today. So it was really amazing to hear your interview with him, and I loved how you sliced all the music into the interview as well. So just wanted to say great job on that and everything that you do, and congratulations again on 200 episodes. Bye. Hi, Lou. It's Bob Dankies from Massachusetts. I was in the world a few weeks ago with my wife, Ginger, celebrating our 20th anniversary and had a magical time. We also had the chance to finally meet you at the November meet of the month. It was a pleasure, and we really appreciate you taking that time out of your schedule. I love listening to the show, especially on my early morning walks. I want to congratulate you on your 200th show, and I'm looking forward to the next 200. Keep up the great work, and thanks for all you do. Happy holidays. Sounds pretty good. In fact, that's just the right spirit.